The reading tonight comes from Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfil what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. This is the Gospel of Christ. I've got to be honest, every time I sit down there and look up here and then look that way, I'm amazed at how many lights there are, Craig. It's incredible. Let me just pray and then uh, we're going to think on that reading for a couple of minutes. Heavenly Father, um, we thank you for the truth of the baby laid in the manger, but more than that, who he is in all his glory. And I pray that now as we just spend a couple of minutes thinking about that, you would show us the importance uh, of that for each and every one of our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name himself. Amen. I've wondered if I'm the right person to say a couple of words tonight because I've got to be honest and say I can't remember a year that I felt like Christmas less than this one. Uh, I can't remember a year where I felt less in the Christmas uh, mood than I do right now. And uh, I know people will have a range of different experiences over the last 12 months, but uh, the truth is I found 2016 pretty shabby and uh, I know I'm sounding like Dougie Downer, but um, it's true. When I think back over the last 12 months, I scratch my head to kind of remember high points and the other side is uh, I could sit down and rattle off 30 or 40 kind of low points and uh, Merry Christmas. (laughs) So it's been challenging this week to try and think about a Christmas sermon. Are you glad you came? But actually what it's done is forced me to go back to Christmas again and examine, is Christmas really good news? Is it really something that can actually change the way I feel or the year that we've had? Is it something that actually makes a difference? And that's a good thing because otherwise Christmas becomes pretty subjective. It just revolves around how I feel or what I've been experiencing or what I think the future holds for me. But I'm here to tell you it doesn't matter how you're feeling about things tonight. It's irrelevant at one level how things are going for you or what's coming up because Christmas is objective good news. And it changes everything. It's the best news no matter what's going on for us in terms of our own personal circumstances. And isn't that a good thing? Because it means whether you're sitting there this evening feeling excited or lousy, optimistic about the days ahead or pessimistic about the days ahead, hearty or heartbroken, confident or really you're just hanging on by a thread, the truth of Christmas, the truth of Jesus coming changes everything. 
And you can see how important Christmas is just from the reading that Ian brought to us a few moments ago. You can see its importance because it's full of strange, significant things. I don't know if you've ever been struck really by how unlikely the Christmas story is before. In some ways it sounds more like it belongs in the Brothers Grimm stories or Hans Christian Andersen, kind of fairy tale stuff. Look at the reading, look at some of the verses behind me and look at some of the aspects that are unlikely, even you might think unbelievable. Verse 18, Mary's found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. When does that happen? Uh, someone once told me verse 19 is equally as uh, unrealistic because Joseph's described as a righteous man and I was told there's no such thing. I, I treat that with contempt. Verse 20 though, we move on and there's still more difficult. Different, different things. We have an angel of the Lord appear to Joseph in a dream. How often does that happen? At the end of verse 20, again, it says that the child has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. At verse 22, it says that the birth fulfills prophecies hundreds of years old. Verse 23, again, makes it explicit that Mary is a virgin as she gives birth. Are we supposed to believe all this? Even more than that, There are two names given to this child in these verses and both the names, in a sense, are kind of tui billboard material. In verse 21, they're to call the baby Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Really? And in verse 23, he will be known as Emmanuel, which means that this baby is God with us. Yeah, right. We've got virgin births conceived by the Holy Spirit. We've got angels appearing to people in dreams. We've got a baby who will save people from their sins. And that baby is God with us. Surely we can't take this stuff seriously. Why not? Either ignore it all or believe it all. That's the choice you've got with the Christmas story. If it's fairy tale stuff, why waste your time with it? I don't understand the people that go, well, it's just figurative and it's kind of metaphors and if it is, give up on it. But if it's the truth, believe it and then live for it. It doesn't, the fact that these things don't happen every day proves the significance of this one-off event. And I want to focus on just one part of those significant things that happened surrounding this birth tonight and that's the second name that this child was to be given. There in verse 23, Emmanuel, God with us. Because if this baby is God with us, is it surprising that a few out-of-the-ordinary things marked his arrival? Is it really that big a stretch? Sure, virgins don't normally give birth and angels don't often appear in dreams. No, but God has only ever come once in human form. It shouldn't shock us that we find significant events, one-off incidents surrounding the coming of Jesus. Rather than see them as exaggeration or embellishment, see them as totally appropriate to match the significance of this birth. And then what I want you to do this evening is to think about what it means that God came to be with us in Jesus. Because that changes everything. Jesus coming shows us that God doesn't just leave us alone in the mess of this world. He doesn't just leave us alone in this fallen world where broken promises and sickness and loneliness and betrayal and death play such common parts. There's a huge amount to love in this world and this life, but there is also so much wrong with it. And God coming in the baby Jesus, the one who would grow up and show us God and die in our place and win a different future for us, God coming in Jesus means that this world, with so much wrong in it, is not the end. 
But Christmas isn't about losing retail days or public holidays. It's not even about stockings or presents, not even about food uh, or family and get-togethers. It's about something more important and more vital. It's about God with us. It's about us not being random individuals with no ultimate meaning, but us having a creator and him having a plan for us and a purpose for us. Christmas is about God not just letting us go on by ourselves, washing his hands of us, but him coming to us to wash us clean. Christmas is about God making sure that life is more than just 80 years on this rock, open to the elements and chance and sickness and death. It's about him coming to make sure we can look forward to a time without the things that make this life a nightmare, to secure us an eternal future. Christmas is about all these things and more, and they're true no matter how we feel. The baby in the manger grew up to be the man on the cross. God came to die for us so that we might be forgiven and our future secured. And we're going to remember that in a moment as we share communion together. And I hope that that's an encouragement for you this Christmas. Christmas reminds us that things are not spinning out of control no matter how they seem and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel because God has come to us and that makes all the difference. You're not alone. Your life is not meaningless. God came as a baby to grow and die for you as a man. And he did that to make sure that you and I have an eternal, unshakable, guaranteed future. 2016 has been a lousy one for me. I don't know how it's been for you. What a great thing that neither my feelings nor 2016 defines everything. The coming of Jesus and his return one day does that. I pray that this Christmas you will know that it's good news no matter how you're feeling. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the difference the coming of the Lord Jesus makes and we look forward to his coming again. Amen.